Hey, man. Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. Whoa, 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 whoa. My name's Jed. I'm Jay. And we are two Christian recovered drug addicts, and we're going to talk about life. Some shit. So we're going to talk about some stuff. What's up, man? What's going on? Um, <clears throat> I don't want to talk about it till later. I'm still kind of trying to digest everything. <laughs> um, I feel feel a little violated. You're processing just, the trauma. I just got back from seeing Stephen Furtick speak, so <laughs> which uh, which I warned you about. <laughs> yeah, so I want to talk about that a little later, maybe after our guest. Okay, but. dude, I, I had the most traumatic experience yesterday ever. I had to uh to do my like yearly, well not yearly because it's been like six years but i had to go uh get like a metabolic panel blood test done well and uh, i avoid it dude because i mean it's just like a, a standard like they just check your uh thyroid kidney function yeah but you know me dude i don't hang with needles oh yeah Kid. well in my body like all right a i have loves needles well dude no well okay the my body switched when I started doing crystal meth because I would miss and it would hurt. So I went through this like uh, I, I have like a reverse to where it's like extremely uncomfortable for me. And B, I have no more veins. Like they're all collapsed in my arms. And so like I get this this <laughs> this dumb like I mean she was sweet. She's not dumb, but fresh out of phlebotomy school girl. Right. She was like. What's wrong with your veins? They're tiny. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. And like, yeah. she goes in first and just stabs the ever living shit out of me. Uh, and like, so I just yell out like, fuck. And she was like, that hurt. And I was like, yes, absolutely. I was like, look, <laughs> I used to, I used to shoot up heroin. So like, there's nothing left in there. And yeah. so she finally gets something, and I just like start to, I get nauseous, and I was like, I'm just. Just hurry up. Just hurry up. She's like, you okay? I'm yeah. like, yes. Just just do it. Just let's get it over with. Very close to passing do out. Do your veins ever grow back? No. I mean, it, is it ever going to be back to normal or no? No. Nope. Never. But it's interesting. Like, your body kind of, like, diverts the highway with these smaller roads is the analogy. And so, like, uh, I, I have, like, a bunch of, like, smaller veins. It's really weird. It's, it's just, like, no. So you don't have circulation problems. You don't have circulation problems. You just can't get blood or whatever very easily. Uh, no, I definitely got some, uh, circulation problems uh, in, in my hands. Just my extremities get cold, but no, not like I you don't get to do the stranger often. Yeah, my arms fall asleep. You know the stranger? Oh, I, yes, I know the stranger. Every male knows what the stranger is. Are you gonna tell? <laughs> are you gonna tell people what it is? Are you prepared for us to go to I, that? I level? think I'm gonna let people Google. I think I think I'm gonna let people Google it. Yeah, everybody, go, go Google the stranger, <laughs> and do Dutch rudder while you're at it. Good old fashioned rusty trombone. Oh, well, that one's just nasty. That's just disgusting. We went there. So, so what I mean, like, were you like fully freaked out from this whole thing? You got nauseous and stuff. Oh and yeah, was... yeah, I almost passed out. I had to like lay there and I busted out in a cold sweat like it, it's such a it's such an ordeal like it's a it's uh, it sucks man. that almost like something almost that bad happens to me but it's just because i don't like needles <laughs> like I, I just don't like needles that's funny yeah yeah and then 
<laughs> and then second crisis of the day was uh attempting to hang a flat screen tv mount on my wall right seems easy it's not, it's not. i mean it is easy it is like we didn't have a we didn't have a stud finder so long story short there's like a two and a half foot strip of drill holes <laughs> on my wall dude of this this i hope my landlord doesn't listen to the podcast but uh my my friend Ethan was helping me, and he was like, "Yeah, there's a stud every every 16 inches." So we tried that. That's yeah. That according to the internet, yes, it's either 16 inches or 24 inches, and anything beyond that is like against building code. So surely it would be there. Yeah, but right. Nope. You know, I kept drilling <laughs> in and nothing. And, and so like finally, why didn't you just use sheetrock? Why didn't you use sheetrock anchors or something else? Because I'm a fucking idiot, and my my coworker. <laughs> that's the first thing he said to me too. I didn't know about this, man. Uh, bruh. Yeah. Gotta rock. Gotta rock with the zippets. They're I, these little. Anyway, I'll I, show you. I literally like like Ethan watched me come unglued over this this TV mount. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It was bad. Cool, man. Uh, well, hey, we we have a bitchin guest. Yeah, um, she reached out to us um, after she heard the interview with my dad, and this is kind of a reversal where she uh, is the normal child of alcoholic parents. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. So which has got to be rough. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we're, yeah, so we're, be, I think I'm going to like feel yeah. really bad. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm sure I will. Like, I'm well, going to feel I, just like, like, uh, what's the word? Proxy guilt. There we go. Right. Yeah. I think I, I think that and probably gratitude for me just so that, yeah, I mean, hopefully if I keep doing, well, they tell me if I keep doing what I'm doing, that my kids will never have to see me drunk. Yep. You know? That's so, true. Well, yeah. Well, let's uh, anywho. let's hear it from her. Yeah, yeah. Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Where glad to have. You. Where Where are you coming in from? I live in upstate South Carolina in the Greenville area. What? What? That's yeah, just... I love it up here. Yeah. Oh, y'all are gonna get snow this weekend too, huh? We are. Every Walmart is already out of bread, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to snow in Charleston, too, but I don't... I'm not holding my breath. Are, yeah. Are they expecting, like, a storm or something, or just, like, no. snow? So why are people like, freaking out? Like, maybe. I I just don't even know. Like, in, yeah, I in really Charleston, it's supposed to be, like, flurries, and everybody's just losing their God-given minds right That's now. All right. Do. Yeah. What am I gonna do? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. It's gonna be snow. Dude, people. In... I do love a snow day. Yeah, people in Louisiana would give their right arm to see snow. Yep. It's been like nine years since <laughs> I think it snowed like half an inch and it lasted like 30 minutes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah, does, yeah, it yeah. does not snow down here. You're um, down in the swamp. Yeah. It's so. It's gonna. Yeah, it's so hot. <laughs> I hate it. I bet. Um. <laughs> So Casey reached out to me after the episode with the interview with my dad um, and said that she had kind of the 
opposite perspective of being a normal person and growing up with alcoholic parents. Am I, am I getting yes. all that right? Um, you got it. So, so I guess me and me and Jay get a a a, it, a good look at what we put our parents through, basically, or our our loved ones, not just parents, but sure, close ones. Yeah. So I was yeah, I was just gonna jump right into the questions. Uh, if that's okay. Um, sure. So do you, were your parents um, drinking from like when you we, you can remember or kind of how yes. did that all play out? Okay. Yes, actually, um, a story that I found personally kind of horrifying, but my parents thought it was when I was old. Um, we we uh, grew up Catholic, um, and we were at the Catholic church, and they do communion, um, which mm-hmm. is wine. You kneel down to the altar, take some wine. Um, at four years old. I pointed to the goblet and said, look, mom, look, dad, it's your bodies. Like at four years old, not only was the red wine not even the same kind of alcohol that they drink every night, I already could correlate that image with right. drinking and my parents at oh, four. Wow. Like my daughter's three and a half and like she is super observant. But like the fact that like just six months older than that and like I could already know there was like different types of alcohol and like already correlate it with my parents that right. story actually horrified me I hated when they told it but they would just hoot with laughter they just thought it was like the funniest story ever like she was four kids say the darndest things it's like yeah, yeah they do but that's <clears throat> not a good example of saying darndest things yeah like, yeah it sounds tragic <laughs> right <laughs> like that's terrible true. example yeah what what kind of what kind of drunk were they? What kind of drinkers were they? Um, well, they were extremely, extremely high-functioning alcoholics. So uh, I, whenever I think about it, the best way I can describe it is I always say I had, I had two sets of parents, right? So I had my yep. daytime parents. My daytime parents were the most beautiful people in the world. They were the parents, like, kids dream of, like, mm-hmm. encouraging at football games, at soccer games, at games um watched my chorus stuff like they they showed up like they were there you know they were engaged they loved me they told me they loved me proud of me like yeah you got an a you suck at math that's great you know that kind of stuff and then i had my nighttime parents and they were the kind of more scary (laughs) parents um dad was more of like an angry drunk mom was a very passive aggressive giddy tearful drunk yeah, that's that, that's what I was. Well, I guess I would alternate between angry. I was and, angry. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were a fighter. Yeah, <laughs> and I was a I was a very great fighter either. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so was it just you, or do you have any? Uh, do you have any siblings? I do. I have an older brother. Um, so he was sort of my, like my parents were never physically abusive. Okay. I don't want to set the record incorrect here, but, um, my dad never knew if he would become that way. He was that scary. He was in your face. He was red faced and angry and spitting and you don't even know why he's mad. Um, so my brother had to a lot of times kind of play defense. Um, yeah, that's, that's so common. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was un- unfortunate because that kind 
kind of robbed him of some some of the the fun stupid things that kids get to do and he um he ended up not going to his dream college because he wanted to stay close to home because he didn't know kind of where my future led really what um can you still hear me yeah yeah it's it's uh there's some some glitching but it's fine i was gonna ask if if any if you remember any time standing out that were kind of typical of of um that we call it Dr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of personality, right? Like we can be these great people during the day or these great people um, <clears throat> when we're not drinking and then we get drunk. Or a lot of us are completely different people. Um, yeah. Is there any times you can remember well, of that impacting your life or stories along those lines? Every day ever. Um, <laughs> and I, sure. I say that sort of in jest, but also in truth. Um, yeah, I mean, like my curfew um, was based on the level of drunkenness and or sleepiness that they were like sometimes it was 10 p.m sometimes it was 1 a.m i never knew and then to make things extra fun they like to change it while i was already out so like they'd be like yeah your curfew tonight's midnight and i'd get a call at like 10 like where the hell are you i'm like "Mm, guys Uh, you said midnight uh, (laughs) and see that kind of thing but yeah and i knew you in high school and yeah you had had no idea no idea no idea no. at all. That's no. when you when you sent me that message. I was like, "Well, what?" But yeah, what? you you very much seem just like a normal, happy, carefree person right. in high in high school. W- was there ever an admission of of a problem for them? Like, was there ever any involvement with like police, or do they get in trouble at work, or what? Like, what do they do for jobs? Yep. Um. So kind of to answer all of those in one thing. Um, no, there was never any admission of it. Mom sort mm. of when she was on her way out. Um, but dad never, never, never. Um, both my parents had passed away from cirrhosis, by the way. Um, at yeah. one at 50 and one at 57. So, um, I'm s- yeah, lost them sorry way to hear too that. young. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, um, my dad was, um, super stressful, like businessman, like, um, sales representative, um, manager of multiple, multiple people. And mom Mm -hmm. was a stay at home mom. Um, but we were expertly coached with friends and family on what we were and were not allowed to say. So mom and dad never said, Hey, we're alcoholics, but it was like, okay, now my grandma, we call her mom all. Um, okay. Now when mom all comes, there's some things you're not allowed to talk about. We don't need to tell her about the toddies. You know, she just doesn't need to know about that. And, um, you know, just kind of things like that, kind of like pointing me like away from discussing things, but not saying like, Hey, we have a drinking problem. And that's Southern culture too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Brush it under the rug, smile, and it's all going to be okay. Um, Right. You know, and did did you see, during that time did did you identify or understand that like that wasn't a healthy behavior or that wasn't or was you just thought that's the way it was it took me until probably right before i started high school to realize like this is actually weird like i used mm. to like there were a couple like head scratching moments when i was like in elementary school like that kind of seemed off I don't know. All parents are weird. You know, with the older yeah. I got, I kind of understood, like, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. they're drunk. Uh, they're drunk a lot. They're drunk, like, every night. Um, 
Right. Like one time my dad was drunk at my school. Like, <laughs> it's terrible. Mm-hmm. So, but they, for the most part, uh, I guess, weren't getting drunk at work. They would just, like, hold off until, so. until nighttime. Yes. Yep. Yep, they started pretty much like clockwork around six o'clock every night and drink until they fell asleep. I mean, they didn't like literally drink themselves asleep, but they drank until they decided they wanted to go to bed. Um, And that's when the flip would happen. So that's when they would change from happy-go-lucky, loving, hey, you're great at everything ever kind of parents to, um, like, for example, um, I don't know how old I was, but it was sometime in high school. I I came home from Saw. I came home from something, but it was something like not going out and partying. Like it was something like extracurricular or school related. Right. And I came home and my parents were like, Hey, we, we saved you some leftovers. I thanked them, went in the kitchen, made myself a plate, came Saturday and was required to eat wherever they were. So I always had to sit Indian style and eat on the fireplace. Um, Cause they were always in the living room drinking. Um, but I forgot to cut off the light in the kitchen and I am not exaggerating. I got a four hour long, super hateful, angry lecture for four hours about how I'm irresponsible. Jeez, man. Good luck in college. Cause you're going to flunk out late. Cause I, I didn't turn off a damn light bulb. Like, <laughs> right. That's the kind of drunks they were at night. Like, you so really have you, know what you're going to get. Yeah. <clears throat> that's gonna be incredibly um, difficult to deal with, not just like during that time, but I'd imagine um, into your adulthood, yes. uh, probably having trouble with relationships, trusting people, and and all that stuff. Have you have you seen any of that? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it. Um, just because I really am a happy person. I, it's not. It's not a facade. However, there is always kind of like that kind of underlying like don't look too closely, you know, cause for so long I had to make sure like I said the right things that people didn't start asking questions. Trust. I don't know. I mean, not as much as just not being super, super open and aware of my like feelings, you know, like I'm not, Gotcha. I'd rather talk about happy things than like deep stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So th- that's what I was going to ask was you, you do seem like surprisingly well adjusted like for all this like have you had to like did you have support from other family members did you go like did you no, look, look into Al-Anon <laughs> or therapy or anything I did go to therapy for a little while and it was um pretty good for me I actually found a lady just by chance who kind of grew up identically to me actually though she's about 30 years you had two alcoholic parents as well. And like everything I said, she was like, yep, yep. Did that. Yep. Mm-hmm, yep. So Interesting. Really nice. I didn't, I didn't feel like I had to really explain myself. So I always kind of thought that was like a, am I allowed to talk about God on here? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Please. Okay. yes. <laughs> I, I always kind of thought that was like a God thing, like, because of all the people I could have found, like I found her to talk to. So, um, that helped, but, um, yeah, my dad passed away in 2007. So I've had almost 10 years to kind of reflect on that. Um, Mm -hmm. mom passed away more recently. Uh, this January will only be two years. Um, but I have a tremendous amount of guilt surrounding that. So some kind of background on that. My mom, um, my mom and I have actually, despite the drinking, she and I have always had a really, really good relationship. Um, my dad was more of the bully. She just kind of sat there and 
didn't defend me. Um, but she yeah. wasn't really one to, to kind of verbally beat up on me. She didn't Just passive. It was correct. It was very obvious. She didn't necessarily support the mindset, but was raised old fashioned and you don't argue with your husband. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very so. so um, yes, <laughs> very much. So they grew up in Alabama. So, uh, they, um, so my mom and I actually, we always had a really good relationship and her drinking, not, she didn't go to rehab ever or anything like that, but her drinking sort of got better for a little while. And, um, then it didn't. And I noticed she kind of would kind of, um, start backing away from things. She stopped going to church and then she stopped answering phone calls. Um, but whenever I would reach out to her, she would always say, yeah, but I've drank your whole life. So like, why now do you think it's a bad thing? Like, why are you now coming at me and asking me about this? You've always known I do this. Like, no, I don't have a problem. This has always been what I've wanted to do. And you've always known me this way. Um, mm. And oh, some of my family members. That is a heavy thing to lay on someone. Like, that's... It is. Yeah. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> then it became this constant battle for me. Like, am I wrong? Am I right? No. Is it more excessive? Is it less, you know? (laughs) Right. I I get that. And we are, we are master manipulators and and deceivers. And it's not, and that's why one thing I wanted to get across and I try to get across to every person that is affected by someone that they love that, that has this disease is that it is not personal and it does not say anything about like that person's love for you it's it's a like it it, yeah here's the thing is mom probably believed that herself you know what i mean so we are the best we are the best liars and manipulators of ourself yes um right and so so the things that she was saying she really believed to be true and i think that jed's right that um you know with my i can only speak from my experience but with my family specifically just because i was doing all of these horrible things doesn't mean that I didn't still love them at the same time. It seems like it would be either or like somebody that you said that you love and like you really truly care about, you could surely couldn't do all of these things, but um, it's not either or it was both simultaneously. And and, And so, and typically that'll feed the cycle because then you feel guilt for hurting the ones you love and what cures the guilt is more drinking. And then that causes more pain. So where did, because hopefully I can help dispel some of this, where um, you, you're you wrestling with guilt about your mom or the dad? Mom. Mom. So. Mom. Yeah, with dad, I was kind of always like, he drinks a lot, but for whatever reason, maybe because of their manipulation, maybe because of Blinded by Love, I really, until my dad was basically in the hospital, and they're like, it's cirrhosis of the liver. Like, it literally didn't click for me, like, he drank himself into this state. Like it just, it never until then clicked for me. But then as soon as it did, immediately my thought was, Oh my God, my mom's next. Like, cause they're drinking buddies. They drink together all the time. And so then as the loving daughter, you're sitting there going, well, shoot, I didn't prevent this from happening to my mom, which I know is stupid. And everyone no, says, no, it's, not, it's not your fault. I know. I know. But it's, it's, it's not stupid. It's not stupid. No, it, it's, it's not, a natural. That's natural. To have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and, uh, well, 
unfortunately with my mom too, she ultimately had to come live with us and she got very, very ill and ended up having to get hospice. And, um, mm. p- she passed away in our living room. Um, so, uh, that was really hard because then I'm like, wow, like I know from the minute she came to live with me, I did everything I could to essentially save her life for lack of a better word. But then you can't <laughs> help but go, yeah, but all those years that I've been living in Greenville and she's still in Columbia, I wasn't looking out for her. Like I didn't reach out enough. I could have maybe bought her a few years. I couldn't have mm. saved her life, but like maybe I could have gotten right. her to see a little more time. Did she, um, did she continue to try to drink after her diagnosis? Actually, no. Oh, that's actually surprising to me. Did my, so sometimes I always, I mom to me was always, I don't think my mom was naturally bent toward the kind of alcoholic mindset. Um, I think like literally she was my dad's drinking buddy for so long. I'm not blaming my dad, but I think she was my dad's drinking buddy for so long that it just at some point switched from, Hey, I just do this to, Hey, I don't want to stop. But Mm -hmm. my mom also surprisingly had an enormous amount of willpower. So if my mom didn't want to do something anymore, she didn't do it anymore. Whether that was, you know, she was always on like health kicks. So like, I'm never going to eat carbs again. And she literally went like four years without eating a dang piece of rice. Like, like, that's 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 the, uh... yeah. So the doctor was like, Hey, you literally cannot drink or you're going to die kind of quickly. So my mom was like, okay, I literally won't drink, but she still never said, Hey, I'm an alcoholic. She just said, Mm. okay, I won't drink. Mm. And even up until like, until she got to where she couldn't really like speak anymore. Even then she still would kind of, phrase things like I just don't understand how my liver could be going like this just doesn't make sense like you know like still like almost baffled in denial yeah like literally I'm like mom you drank all the time like why why do you think this happened you know um so the it's just did she experience like the um isn't there like mental deterioration that goes along with cirrhosis. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have to say it's probably the saddest thing I've like ever seen it because it goes. So the problem with cirrhosis, okay, is that for anybody, the symptoms really don't show up until it's kind of too late. Ugh. So like, like, like literally I saw my mom three months before I went to go get her from her house and she didn't look great but she didn't look like she was knocking on death's door like yeah you know but and then the next time i saw her she was white as a ghost she had like banana yellow eyes like by then it was like it was already too late when i got there like it was already too late so yeah let's bring yeah let's definitely bring god into this how does he fit into the story with you we have good days and we have less good days. Right. Um, never stop being a believer, but not always friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I get that. <laughs> Me too. I, I guess so. What about your parents? Well, I mean, none of us know anyone's relationship, but what, um, what was their spiritual life, yeah. if if any? Um, I would say mild religion. I mean, definitely believers. We went to church pretty often. Um, 
until so my mom used to actually work at our church um she uh did the little like nursery daycare thing there um but then she got fired because she smelled like alcohol that's what i was gonna ask interesting yeah so um you know just some things i've kind of learned over time I've, i've gone to a couple of like I wouldn't even call them support groups, but kind of like, hey, let's talk about this stuff, things. Like, one thing that I've learned, and I'm sure y'all can shed some light into this, but, you know, it kind of starts out, like, big, and then it narrows down. So, like, at first, my parents had tons and tons and tons of friends. Like, we always had people over, their friends, my friends. Like, we always had people around us. Mm -hmm. And then it would get a little more secluded and a little more secluded Uh, and a little more. So, after my dad died, my mom my mom went through this phase where like, if there was even a chance that couples would be at it, she didn't want to go. Like, Uh, I don't want to be the only single person there. I don't want to be the only widow there. Like, I don't want to. So that already, because the majority of her friends, because dad was in control. So the majority of her friends, friends and wives, you know, wives of dad's male friends, you know? So, um, that was kind of step one. And then, um, she literally, was baffled by the fact that she got fired from the church. She was like, I don't understand. But I remember one time I went home and I surprised her and I knew she was at church and I was horrified. Like, I'm thankful she got fired. I know that's terrible to say, but I was horrified. She was slurring her words. Like, was like, my mom would never neglect a child, but like, I was worried. (laughs) You know, she's like slurring words. Like, even one time I let her babysit my daughter and I had to tell her that'll never happen again. Um, mm. my daughter was 10 weeks old and I to go to of one of my very, very good friends and thought maybe just once she could like skip the six o'clock drinking. And when mm. I got back, she was super drunk. And my daughter was crying, just like laying there crying. And I was like, oh, oh mama bear's coming man. out on this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. What? So, you know. yeah. So, you, uh, when did you, you obviously got married and you have kids. I did. When, when did, I do. when did that happen? And what does your husband think about this? What, how did he, uh, I'm sure he was very, I would imagine he was protective over his wife. That's that's my he was yes he definitely was he tried to really have my back as much as as possible he didn't want to show up guns blazing if that's not how I wanted things mm-hmm. but if I was ready to not literally fight but if I was yeah yeah kind of put on my mama my mama armor um, he was right <laughs> there with me um, super trooper when she had to come and live with us that was terrible I mean she was in and out of the hospital like four months and then passed away like it was just terrible and you know that kind of not like divorce level takes a toll on your marriage but it definitely kind of takes a toll on things because you're so used to your happy little bubble you know um that's what i'm saying like you're you're making me like you like my hat is off to you i'm dead serious about this you you've been through some stuff and you you have came through it and that's really like I can't quite accurately say that's I'm proud and, and amazed. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Admire. Yes. Yes. Admire. Yes. I'm an entirely too selfish of a 
being to i think do what you did that's incredible it is well because there is that love there you know i they are my parents they i do love them and i you know it was really i definitely was very depressed after my mom passed away because as i said there was a certain level of guilt there there was the just feeling just freaking robbed like here i am not even 30 and i don't have any parents alive like i know by this age sometimes people have lost at least one parent but like both of my parents are gone like neither were even at my brother's wedding because they both didn't live that long like oh man like just terrible you know dad didn't get to walk me down the aisle he didn't get to watch me graduate from college and the then the anger sets in of like yeah gosh dang it it didn't have to happen this way like you didn't have to do this to yourself mm-hmm. um and that's where you know I, i've kind of followed um um, over the years, you know, social media, you know, like try to be encouraging. Like when I noticed you would post things about like rehab and, and things like that, like I'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. Dude, I, Cause I super like believe in that. <laughs> like, yeah, I do. You were like, it was funny. It was super like, stalker. Like you always, all, you me always, on. <laughs> you are always championing me uh, whenever I want to treatment. That, that is, I do uh, remember that. That's so funny because I, I was probably sober a lot of those times and I'd be all, I hope this one works. Exactly. Most <laughs> like cynical asshole. <laughs> Actually, I will, I can edit it out, but there was a comment on one time, 17th time is the charm, that yeah. died when I read that. I, I was so I think mad. that was Yeah, that was right. That was I, I, I was like, that mofo better be joking because it's not, that is so not cool. So not cool. We no, need to really cheer not. people on. Uh, oh man, so funny. That makes sense though. Um, it, it all makes sense now. So, how yes. do you? Um, so how do you? How do you look at alcohol? How do you look at um, stuff like that? Because I've noticed that children of alcoholics will either follow exactly in their parents' footsteps or run as far in the opposite direction as possible. In my experience, I would have to say I have flirted with both uh college me definitely enjoyed the uh quite a lot probably too much um (laughs) I was like woo college this is what you do um and then now I I feel like I have a pretty healthy relationship with alcohol I'm totally fine with having one beer and then I might go two months three months without even thinking about another one you know Mm -hmm. so I think I have a pretty healthy healthy relationship however i'm forever like watching myself like i pick up a beer and i'm like this is a beer like yeah. is this gonna be okay like, is this right. the beer like is this <laughs> the beer that pushes me like you know because i definitely think my my family were all the you know the the hyper um we're all we're all kind of self-diagnosed ocd i, I really do have ocd mm-hmm. but i say i have ocd like we're all very like, this is how things go and sequential and routine and habit people. Um, so I know that's potential is in me. So I try and kind of watch out. Um, like I'm a very repetitive person. Like I chew gum all day, every day. And I like have a certain way I do things every morning. And Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a good thing that I'm aware of that because um, I think if I wasn't that I could probably, I would probably be someone who could be an alcoholic. I think like if I didn't watch what I was doing. Yeah. And and I would say a lot of people in, in your situation would 
would almost be justified in and going Let's a little, forget about this. Yeah. I think that's your alcoholic mind. That thing. is my, then that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's how. Yeah, you're gonna be fine. Cause in my head, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna tie poor, one off. Poor yeah. me. Yeah. Do you have any other alcoholics uh, in your family? Um, I would say yes. They mm. would say no. Mm. But I would say yes for sure. Right. Right. Are you close with your step parents? Do you, they're still alive? I, I don't have step parents. Not step. Wait, parents in law. I'm so bad with that. That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, my in laws. Yeah, in-laws, we have a beautiful relationship. Dude, par- yes. Parents in law. I sound real dumb. I'm a cat off. <laughs> I was like, do you know something that I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do Jeez. I don't. Oh. Actually, um, actually, Casey, yeah. that's what that's what we brought you here to tell you. you, you <laughs> this is like more. It's like Maury. Yeah, this Maury. is Maury. <laughs> J- oh, so funny. Jay is actually your stepfather. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So um, yes, yeah, your in-laws. Your in-laws. Um. You're close with them. My parents. Oop. I am. They are like as far opposite as possible. Awesome. Interesting. Awesome. Cool. Um, so you're going to... That's like a natural question, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, like, do you, you going to a church right now? Are you working right now? What are you doing? Both, both. I go to a church. Um, it's a... Not hating on... It's not like a mega church by any means, is but it, it new, is a... Um, non No! You got a new spring? <laughs> I don't. I really don't. No, um, it's a it's a cute little local one. It, I think there's probably 200 of us, maybe on a good day. Oh, um, cool. Definitely not all 200 of us show up always. Um, right. Yeah, it's non-denominational. Um, really, really focused on learning about the Bible. Um, now, super wide interpretations and now. Right. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I did saying? want to make I wanted to make the disclaimer that we don't want to trash on New Spring too much. We definitely want Perry Noble to come on the podcast. Oh yeah, I and really talk do. to us about his alcoholism. I really. So do. I don't want to put I don't yes. want to put that juju out there. I would love no, to talk to him. I'm not bashing by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you but when you say non-denominational, that's what people always think of, and I'm like, no. Well, in, especially in I know in everyone in my church too. Yeah, in Greenville. Yes, that's why. Yes. Um, so if you, well, I think what you're doing is super brave and super important, and it's kind of what, Thank you. what why we're doing it um, is just to, uh, to help people not feel so alone. So if you had to tell something to a younger Casey or someone in this situation, what, like, what, what's some words of encouragement or advice you would give them? try really hard to not beat yourself up about things you have no control over and try to hold on to the better memories, the daytime parents that you do love and cherish so much. Try to remember that they did love me on that level. And that is really how they saw me and felt about me. The weird, random, hateful things they said when they were drinking is not real. Um, Absolutely. I think that's one of the most important things that I have had to kind of teach myself. And I would love to tell other people and I will say it to I'm blue in the face. Like the good moments I believe are the real moments. Oof. 
Good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Um, well, good. Awesome. I think it's important for everyone to to hear whether you're whichever side you're on the the child, you know, someone who's affected by it or someone who. You know, I think it's just important to to know and like for y'all too, like that you you had some bad moments, of course, but every people know like your heart's still good, like you're still good. Yeah. Well, thanks. At least, of course. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. This has been sure. This has been super, super good. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I did. It felt good. And um, good. Yeah, we will be checking back up on you and keep on listening. Okay. Sure. All right. we'll... Thank y'all. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Later, Casey. Bye. Bye. Yo. That was awesome. It was, man. That was really good. I really rocked the house, dude. I know. I hate that that uh, Skype kept clipping out. Yeah, we can't focus on the things that we have no control over, Chad. Oh, got me, oh, dang, dude. Back around. <laughs> no, that was that was. Um, I totally do remember that now. She always would, and I'm talking like for ten years, like every status when i would go to rehab she would always like leave a comment or, or like send a, a direct message of like encouragement and i was like man like i did didn't, really it, nice it, yeah 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 i was just like hmm, that's i mean it didn't click until now so that's just you never know man you never know what anyone is going through and i think it's too um it points to you know no matter what people have going on on the surface like we all have our our shit with us it's alcoholism and drug addiction and like living life with that disease for a lot of people it's it's other stuff you know but nobody is as perfect i i think is our instagram shows Ooh. you know what i mean no not even close that's why i'm that's why uh, I, <laughs> that's why i make my instagram as trashy as possible <laughs> <laughs> so that my real life just seems like this crazy like it's all pictures fantasy of you. dream world. Yeah, it's all pictures of you and wife beaters in Walmart and stuff. Yo, dude, actually, yes, there's actually uh, <laughs> quite a few pictures of me and wife beaters in Walmart. Which, how did that sneak past the censors that a, a, a t-shirt is widely accepted known as a wife beater? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a common accepted fact Like, did it was American it, culture. Did it used to be like white beater or has it always just been wife beater because like typical because rednecks, because rednecks yeah. that... that's right that's right I think they're really called tank tops oh yeah no I think tank tops are different because the the um well yeah let's not get... I don't think it says wife I don't think it says wife beater on the package it does it says Hanes Hanes tagless <laughs> wife beaters pack of seven. <laughs> they on they on sale down at the Walmart this weekend. Oh shit! I'm gonna go get me about seven of them. Pick me up a carton of Marlboro Reds while you're down there. Oh man! Anyhow, why you gotta so bring why you gotta bring up cigarettes? Speaking of mega churches, what you got? Yeah, you had an interesting night, bruh. Let L me tell, bruh. Listen, let me tell you, congregation. Congregation, let me just get this out there. I told this dude not to go. Continue. 
It's true. I was so first of all, let me say I I was thinking of somebody else. Wait, yeah, yeah. Let me let me set let me set this up for the audience. This is this is this is the text I get from Jay. Uh, hey man, do you mind if we uh record a little later on Thursday? I'm going to see Stephen Furtick at a revival, and I was like, dude, don't we like not like Stephen Furtick? And you're like, no, dude, he's fire. He's so he's so legit. I I mean, yeah. I gotta we gotta put off recording. So I was like, okay, man. And yeah. so what happened, Jay? I do have to say, so let me paint the picture. I do have to say, last night, first night, was fire first night of revival was dope who okay? who was awesome. what happened i don't even remember some preacher out of <laughs> said, i don't even remember it was just awesome um so the the church that it's at is the mega church that i grew up in right and it wasn't like it was the first mega church in charleston and it wasn't even that mega when i was going there but now it's like a full-on mega church right they have um they have satellite campuses in greenville and irmo and all over South Carolina. Um, <clears throat> so it's huge production, big lights, big speakers, like professional sound system, right? Like this could be a professional venue that you would go and see a band in, right? right? So light, the, they have the, the multicultural choir in the background and everybody's smiling and pretty and all of that stuff. You know what I mean? That whole thing going on. Oh yeah. Um, so it was awesome. They did their worship set and whatever, and it was cool. Um, and then the pastor of the mega church gets up on stage. And this is a guy that, while I really don't, there are some things that I don't like about that church. Um, and that's the reason we don't go there. Uh, I've always trusted this guy, the pastor of this church, right? Um, I think we not, can say the church's name. Yeah, we? why not? It's not like they're, yeah, it's a, yeah. They give a shit. Yeah, so great. The pastor, Greg Surratt at Seacoast Church has always been legit. Like he's always been awesome. I, you know, I've had lots of interactions with him. Like ever since I was a kid, he married my dad and my stepmom in the nineties. And like, he's just a solid dude. Like, like really has a love, a heart for people and, and you know, the list goes on, whatever. Um, anyway, so he gets on stage and, um, introduces, uh, Stephen Furtick and he's like, this is a, a man whose heart is after God and, um, blah, blah, blah. And, he calls him he says i truly believe this young man is the best preacher of our time and i'm oh, like oh no. shit go <laughs> yeah get high get high so good yeah cuz i was like well i trust this guy right and if he's saying that Stephen Furtick. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets up there and the first thing i see is like these big like crazy overly white huge ass teeth I'm like this motherfucker with this like fade, like his fade is up to his like. It's just so bad. It's like the the epitome of like mega church pastor, right? This big smile that this guy's got on, and he tells us he's going into his sermon, and like he's getting everybody riled up, and he tells this story. So he grew up in Goose Creek, I guess, which is right down the road from oh, yeah. us. That's where I spent my summers. Oh yeah, that's where your dad's from, isn't it? Yep. Anyway. Um, he might know him. I don't know. So anyway, he grew up in Goose Creek. <laughs> I'm gonna ask him. Actually, that'd be. It's not a big town. That would be not a big I'm town. I'm really gonna ask him. Um, so he grew up in Goose Creek, and he was talking about like, 
yeah, I got saved when I was 16, and I used to always be reading the Bible, my King James Bible. And then one day the pastor came to my house when I was 16 and told me that I should be the youth pastor. <laughs> I was like, this, my, <laughs> this dude. And then he said, he said, the preacher looked at me and said, son, the hand of God is on you. And I ain't never seen the hand of God on nobody like it's on you. And then he looked at my parents and said, this boy that you got, the hand of God is on him. And I, I still like, he somehow tied it back into the message, but I still that, don't is understand. That when, is that when, is that when your wife said, I'm out? <laughs> it, I think it, I think it was after that, actually. I think she stuck around my wife. So podcast listeners, my wife lasted a grand total of 10 minutes in that <laughs> service before she got <laughs> and walked out. Uh, my wife does not take any bullshit. I'll tell you that. So anyway, so this guy, he goes on through his whole thing and he's wild, he's wilding out. He's yelling sometimes and he's like getting, getting his face real close up in the mic and shit. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yes, dude. And one point he, he's, ta- so he's talking about when Paul and Silas were in prison, right? In Acts right. chapter 16, right? And so they were, they were, talking in, about, they were at San Quentin, right? They were in San Quentin. Um, and there's this whole the, the story goes they're in prison. Um, they started singing at midnight, and uh, the foundation shakes and the doors of the jail flew up. And that's the story, yeah. right? Um, and then the guard tries, about is about to kill himself. Right, and they so Paul starts preaching. Instead of running out of the jail, Paul preaches to this guy, the guard. What does Stephen have to say about it? So first, first. When he was talking about it, he's like, man, wouldn't it be something if the lights just went out? Boom! Pitch black in this huge sanctuary. And he's like, he's preaching and pre- he preaches for like 10 minutes in the fucking Oh, wait, dark. They, they turned the lights off? Like they it was staged? The they turned the Come lights off. Come on, dude. Was it? Was everyone like, oh my god, this is incredible. Oh, eating it up. Eating it up. Dude. It's like, it was the epitome of... Theatrical? like theatrical like people just loved it It, the masses just love that stuff you know and then he he starts singing an old hymn dude and the whole church is singing this hymn in the damn dark people crying screaming shouting all kinds of stuff it's like oh okay lord and so so uh the lights come back on eventually, whatever. He's preaching. He's doing his thing. I got to go watch a YouTube of this, by the way. I'm sure it's on there. It's got to be. Oh, yeah. They streamed it live. So, you know what the motherfucker of this whole thing is? What? He started preaching, and I started getting shit out of his fucking sermon. <laughs> <laughs> so, he is anointed, dude. Oh, that son of a bitch. Yeah, well, as much as I wanted to hate him, dude. He still brought some truth, man. Well, and that's and that's I guess I'm glad you I'm glad you, you did bring it around. Uh that's but it's why is the the are the theatrics necessary, man? Like I guess it nah. no, dude. I, I, I think you know and uh, people are going for this emotional big upheaval. Like that's what people show up for. Yeah. They want. And for me like I, maybe it's just this time in my life or this time in my relationship with God. That's like, what I'm saying. We're pretty I, cynical. 
I want I'm re- really cynical, so it takes me a long time to like warm up, but um I just want the like solid truth. Like give me just give me the truth, the the unabridged version of the truth. Like we don't need to dress it up and make yeah. it all this whole I'm I'm definitely at a place where like I want my church to be more like a seminary where like I want to be taught because yeah. I'm just I'm pretty uh, I'm not like super un uh, yeah I mean I'm pretty unknowledgeable um there's a lot of stuff that I would like to learn more about and not six ways to grow as a man <laughs> like uh, I, don't, uh, I like, don't know yeah. But it's uh, but it's easy to uh, it's is easy to criticize, man. It's easy to pick apart. But that stuff does just rub me like, like how much. A how much did they pay him? Well, I guess. Oh my I, god! I'm sure, so much. Like how I, how much has, money so did that I, did that night cost to put on? And like, could that money not have been spent better? Bruh, that oh my lord. So the first night they had food for everybody. And then this night that the lights and the production and they have their whole worship team is on staff. Like they all get paid. Fredic, I'm sure, made at least a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars to show up. Um, that's and, just a guess. And but we have no idea what he does with his money or I or... will say I will say Google says he has a one point seven million dollar home. Which what? One point seven million dollar <sighs> home. Which here's the thing with me is like I really don't know where I stand on the preachers making tons of money thing. Like I, I don't think that it's bad that they are getting that much money. I think, and I was thinking about this on the way home is that I think the real, the fruits of a good pastor is that they'll live humbly no matter what. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like Rick Warren, it, Francis Chan, those are two people that handle making ridiculous money incredibly well oh yeah oh absolutely and and greg surratt the pastor that i was just talking about he makes i'm sure tons of money it's a huge church in a very like the main church the main campus is in a very affluent part of town yeah charleston is loaded and it's like um but i know the neighborhood he lives in it's not that wild dude you know what I mean? Well, so what... and, and I don't know what he does with, it, with his money, but I think the fruits of like walking that out is, is really the test. Is really the the are yeah. they bullshit or are they not bullshit? So what did you get out of it? What was it? What was? Do you even remember? Um, yeah, he talked about. So the thing that really got that stuck with me is he talked about Paul didn't run out of the jail, right? He he brought God into the jail. He brought God into the tough time instead of running away from it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Solid, solid message. It was good. It was yeah. a little nugget I pulled out of it. I just thought it was hilarious. That, and <laughs> as much as I didn't want to hear anything, and I still think he's completely full of shit, I still got something out of that message. Dude, that is awesome. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's the moral of the story right there. Um, <laughs> when you tried to not get something out of this anyway dude I'm trying to wrap it up listen <laughs> listen to how like that was my obviously like distracted tried to find the soundboard yeah and just talk gibberish in the meantime what the hell did I even just say yeah that was 
good trying to get out of the put the pudding in the pudding pop. Yeah, man, but I'll see you later, dude. <laughs>